and salutations. This is the Untitled Josh Cast, episode number nine. My name is Josh Gershman. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and co-Josh, Josh Hammond. Well, hello. We are here. Hello we're, to you. We're doing the thing. Well, uh, that is kind of what we do. It is. It is occasionally what we do. This is our regular podcast where we discuss what's going on in our lives and try to have a little bit of fun while doing it. Fun being the keyword for today's episode. If you want to interact with the show and for updates on future episodes and other fun stuff, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at joshcastpod. If you like what you hear and what we're doing here, you can go to patreon.com slash untitledjoshcast to support the show at any level that you are comfortable with. On today's episode, we are doing something that's very exciting to me. I feel like this was probably one of the conversations that spawned what we were this whole podcast in the first place, which is our favorite video games of all time. I'm very excited for this. I love a good video game. I've done nothing but play video games for the last <laughs> week. Yeah, video games have been a big part of the kind of quarantine self-isolation routine. Um, you know, like when you are when you are in a routine where you have to get up and get out of the house and go to work and do whatever, and then come back, like you, you have to like purposely make time for video games or for reading or for cooking or for any of those other things that you enjoy that aren't a regular part of your day. And I feel like for me and for you, and I'm sure for so many other people, um, we have had a lot more time to play video games, which is again, great for me, uh, and great for this discussion. I'm really excited about it. Um, what have you been playing these days under under lock and key, I guess? Well, recently we acquired a switch. So like every mm. other human in every country in the world who can't leave the house, I've been playing Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is such a great game. Like it and it came out at the absolute perfect time. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's so good. It's good. I have been splitting my time between Borderlands 3, which is just like a complete nonsense uh, cartoony shooting game, and Persona 5 Royal, which is a super Japanese role-playing game. Um, Both of which are very good, both of which are very different. So, like, depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, But I've been enjoying them both. That sounds amazing. I'm always playing Fortnite, so that's still in the background. That's still happening. I have been prepping... And playing a little bit of Borderlands 3 so that when you and I decide to play together, I'm prepared, I'm ready. And with the Switch, we downloaded the, the like the vintage Nintendo games also. So I've been playing um, Zelda The Adventures of Link also. So I've gone back. I didn't remember when I started how much homework there is to that game because you're like <laughs> frantically scribbling everything that every person in every city says in case you have to remember it later. So like I have my little notebook and my little pen and I'm just scribbling it out. But it's been fun. It's been fun to revisit that game. I've beaten it before six or seven times. So it's it's nice to go back and, and have a replay. Is there anything that's coming out soon or 
in the near in the future, whether it's the near future or the far future that you are looking forward to? I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the next chapter of Fortnite. That's coming soon. And they're going to finally release The Last of Us 2. And I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, me too. The Last of Us 2 uh, comes out in the middle of June. Um, the sequel to the, the Last of Us, period, uh, which is on my list. Spoiler alert. Um, and man, that's going to be that's going to be a thing. That's going to be such an experience. The other. Um, uh, the other thing that I'm really looking forward to, which doesn't come out of September, is Cyberpunk 2077, which has been like in development for like a decade, I think, at this point. Uh, it just looks very cool. It's very much like it, it's very much a Josh game. It checks all the boxes. I for was me. just going to mention I had never seen anything about this game before you frantically three minutes before we got on the air said, go look at new games. I'm going to ask you about them. <laughs> and I panicked. And that one stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I mean, it's so it's from the developers of uh, the the developer of the game is CD Projekt Red, and they developed the The Witcher series, which if you are a Henry Cavill fan, you've probably watched The Witcher Netflix series. Um, both the TV series and the video game series are based on the same Polish novels, um, but they don't reference each like the books. The sorry, the TV show is not based on the video games and vice versa. They are both separate um, things from the novels. Anyway, uh, that's coming out in September or God willing, it'll be out in September. I can't wait for that. But before we get into that, we're going to do what we're going to do today, which is talk about our favorite video games of all time. I have made a list and I've put them in order because God help me, I love a good list in order. Um, you have come armed with uh, your list as well. I have a list. And just because I like to ruin everything that you do, I put them in no order, and so I'm just going to bring chaos today. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, I'm going to start at number 10, because that feels like the right place to start. Uh, and that is breaking the, breaking my rules already of, of one, one game per number. My number 10 thing is really just like the entire SimCity series, or really like, it's really like every Sim, every, every city building game there ever existed. Um, the SimCity series dates back to like the early days of video games in the US, not like the early days of video games everywhere. Uh, and it's just something that like, it was one of those things that for young me, I instantly gravitated towards of being able to like build and plot out a city and like having to connect things. And then the, as the series evolved, it had like the, the complex nature of city building and city management evolved. And so you've got to manage your budget and then you got to manage water and power and all these crazy things. And like with each iteration of the series, it just grew and grew and grew of the kinds of things that you could do. And it was just something that I have. And still to this day, just sink so many hours into, um, I just, I don't know. There's something about like that level of like minutia and planning, but that's also in, it's also under the like under the guise of it being a video game. So like there's rewards and things like that. that just like keeps you going. And like um, one of the, the SimCity franchise itself is kind of defunct at this point. The, the game was developed by a studio called Maxis or Max. I can't, I don't remember how to say it. They're owned by Electronic Arts. Electronic Arts shut the whole studio down. So like there is no SimCity for the foreseeable future. But there's this other game that's out there called City Skylines 
which is developed by the name escapes me. It's a European studio. Um, and that game is really fascinating and complex kind of in its own way. Uh, and so that's what I've been spending a lot of time doing. It's a, it's a pretty brilliant franchise and I don't know that it gets enough credit for the fact that it, it literally launched so many other like platforms, like all of the games that you, you know, not all of them, but a lot of the games you play on your cell phone or that are the tycoon games and things like that. Like none, yeah. of, none of those would exist if it wasn't for the Sim franchise. And it's, you know, it deserves more credit and it deserved to be treated better when it was bought by EA. Yeah. And then unceremoniously shut down. Oh, so sad. It'll come back. I, it, you know, city skylines, this other franchise again is doing pretty well. The developer community behind the game uh, has really put a, like a lot of time and energy to, into it. Um, and it's one of those games where the community of players uh, can do a lot of custom things with the game. Like they can make their own assets and put their own stuff in it. And that's really what's like extended the life of it. And so while the name SimCity is kind of dead at this point, RIP, the the genre itself lives on. Uh, and it's just great. I love it so much. So good. I am going to go off script now and talk about a game, a game series that I didn't think of while making this list, but you mentioning The Sims made me think of, and that is the Sid Meier Civilization series. Mm. I have put so many hours into this series because it's just such a complex and detailed path you have to take. Basically, you start out as a settler in the middle of this land and you you start a city and in each city you build grocery stores and all sorts of different useful things and as you expand your influence expands your maps expand you build troops you build world wonders um influential people will pop up in your city depending on the amount of influence that that city has your population grows based on the amount of things that you've built in each city you have to protect your city from other other nations there are absolute wars that happen and like there are countries that like you finally get to go away and they wait two turns and then they attack you again and you're just at war with countries for 800 years while you're just trying to build a grocery <laughs> store. And I I love the detail that Sid Meier has put into these games that if you choose one path, it influences everything else. If you on turn 26, don't give Gandhi the technology that he would like as a peace treaty. He remembers it 600 turns later and is still angry at you. And there's an Easter egg in the series that's pretty funny, which is Gandhi, who is known for being an extremely peaceful person, tends to be really hot-tempered in this game. And it's because in the first game of the series, the, the coders of the game made an error, and they they put his his peacefulness or his, you know... Um, 
his spontaneous urge to jump into battle as a zero, not knowing that by doing that, if it would jump backwards when he wanted to go into battle or when something happened, it would make him have a 98. It didn't go to like a (laughs) negative two. It went the wrong direction. So when things would happen, he would become a total dick. Like, you're like, Gandhi, what the fuck? Like, oh, I didn't give you two wheat and now you want to punch me in the face. What the hell? So they've kept that Easter egg and in every franchise, Gandhi has become the most vicious killer of the entire series. That's funny. I've spent, I have also spent a lot of time with the Civilization franchise. Um, I can't remember whatever the, I can't remember the last one I played. Um, And there have been, six or seven and now the latest one is in space but it's just it's another great long-running franchise and another one much like SimCity, that has like laid the groundwork for all these other real-time strategy games to follow where you get like it's this top-down view of this city or of this group of cities and you're moving troops around and things like that um like i'm gonna say it's like the video game version of risk but it's like it's that's a that's that does it that does both risk and civ a disservice um but you get the idea where you're moving stuff around and you're playing politics with your neighbors and things like that. Uh, Civilization is a great franchise. Definitely. Definitely, definitely yeah. don't play Civilization with your friends or, or your grandma. <laughs> it will make you punch your grandma in the face. You'll get so mad. Nobody wants that. Um, okay. The next game on my list um, is Batman Arkham City. Came out in 2011. This was the th- middle game of the Arkham trilogy uh, developed by the studio called Rocksteady based out of England. The first game was Batman Arkham Asylum and then Arkham City and then Arkham Knight. Um, Arkham City, in my opinion, is the best of the franchise. It It's just such a great... What is great about all three of these games is that they are great Batman stories and they also happen to be great video games. And so you put those two things together and then you get to play this great Batman story. Um, Arkham Asylum starts out. The, the idea is that you as Batman have to, you don't have to break into Arkham Asylum, but you have to like go in and you have to uncover what's going on. And naturally the Joker is involved in some kind of shenanigans. And it's a very, it's a smaller game. Like it doesn't take very long <clears throat> in terms of like how we currently measure video game length. It's not a long game, uh, but it is very good. Arkham City takes what was so good about Asylum and just like ramps it up to 11. It opens up the world that you get to fly, that you get to move and fly around in as Batman and fly around, glide around. Batman doesn't fly. As Batman fighting guys and like the whole rogues gallery of villains is here from Penguin to Two-Face, Catwoman. Um, In these games, you get into the modern-ish day relationship between Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle, who's Catwoman, so they're like, they're like romantically involved and they know each other as Batman and Catwoman. And so like, there's times when they're, when they're up, when their objectives are aligned and times when they're not aligned because Selena Kyle is still a, <clears throat> a thief and a, and a still a villain in some sense of the word, but Arkham city is just so good. It's such so like, a, it's just such a great story that it tells from beginning to end, um, the journey of both Batman and the Joker and, um, and the whole cast of characters, uh, highly recommended. Ar- Arkham Knight, the game that came after this, uh, is good. 
It's just not as good as Arkham City. Um, Rocksteady has long been rumored to be working on another game. They haven't released anything in... Uh, it's been a while. Um, a, num- a, a number of years. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. They're just they're a really great studio. Uh, and this is this is certainly a evidence of that. Um, the creators of this also they're who designed the Spider-Man series, right? Nope. Different people that look so similar. Spider-Man is on my list soon. You'll get to hear about that soon. All right. Well, there we go. Let's pause. We'll put a <laughs> pin in this. And we'll, we'll move forward to, I don't even know what to follow that with. Let's just do this. Let's talk about NCAA football. And let's take a minute and just have a minute of silence for the fact that this franchise does not exist anymore. It's so heartbreaking. It was so good. I have always preferred the college football series that EA had to the pro football series because, you know, it was always so much more fun to build your empire through recruiting than it was to, you know, to deal with the hours and hours of contract negotiations and the draft picks that you don't know whether or not they're going to turn out to do anything. And I always I always thrived on taking some tiny shitty school that no one had ever heard of, like Youngstown State and putting all of my recruiting efforts into like a fast two-star quarterback and a fast two-star running back and just juking all over the field scramble style and just going in and trying to beat Ohio State or Miami at the time with this tiny school and turning it into a, a powerhouse. And you could never really turn it into a powerhouse. Like you could win a lot of games, but like it was very rare to get to the point where you were like, I've won seven national titles with Youngstown State and I'm a five star recruiting college. You could do it, but it took 10 years of recruiting. But most of the time you would just start there. You would build it into a a decent place and you would be like, OK, I'm going to go to this college up above. I've been given the Oklahoma yeah. job. I'm going to take that now. Yeah. Yeah, I have spent a lot of time uh playing the assorted sports games uh, from uh, the Madden franchise to uh, NHL to FIFA. Um, And there is something like as a sports fan, there's just something fun and special about that, about being able to like be in charge of your team's destiny and things like that. But there's nothing, what you were saying is absolutely true. There's nothing quite like that, the college football experience in this aspect. Um, I did not grow up in a town or in a, like in region of the country that was, like heavily invested in college football, much like it is in the South and Midwest and the Southwest. Um, And so my interest in it was purely from a video game perspective, like, oh, this is another game to pick up. But it, yeah, I had so much fun with those games and the, and the, the, the college football one, especially. EA did a really good job with their NCAA games. Like they had great NCAA basketball games too. They released, I think, two different NCAA baseball games, which were cool. And I don't know that they did anything with hockey or sports other than that. But it, they did a good job of, like, including things in, in NCAA college. And there was a competitor, and I don't remember who made it. It wasn't EA. There was another wing of games that, like, did basketball. And they were just – they weren't as good. Like, EA – 
you can't fuck with EA. Like for all the flaws they have, and I'm looking straight at Madden two years ago, where every time you threw the ball, it was an interception. Ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but you could not pass. But you you're know. talking about two. You're talking about um, 2K Sports is the other yeah, big sports it franchise. Was 2K Sports. And so, like they they now have kind of the monopoly on the NBA space, but EA retains the monopoly on the NFL space. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I love Madden. Though. All right, the next the next game on my list is The Last of Us. Last of Us from 2013. It was developed by a studio called Naughty Dog. Um, they are based in California. Um, the Last of Us is well again. It's getting a sequel, The Last of Us Part Two, which comes out in a few weeks i think june 19th is the date that it comes out um the last of us is a really interesting and special game the but it's like what's great about it is like where it fits in in the context of what the studio naughty dog was doing at the time so naughty dog while they are obviously very well known for the last of us they're also very well known for this other series they created called uncharted and so the the uncharted games are essentially um, they're essentially just like big Indiana Jones style adventures. They're like big pulp stories with like big charismatic heroes and gunfights and, and villains. And it's like, imagine Indiana Jones, but in modern day. And like, you can, you can picture the kinds of games that the Uncharted series are. And they're very good. They're like these big, uh, big adventures, big action set pieces. And they're like action movies that you play for six or eight or 10 or 12 hours, however long it takes to beat those games. And those are great. Um, all the while they were making those games, they also were making this game called The Last of Us in 2013, um, which is as far it is like a complete 180 from Uncharted. The Last of Us is much smaller in. Uh, I want to say scale, but The Last of Us is just a more intimate experience. And like if you pick it up and play, you'll obviously you'll you'll understand immediately what that means. Um, it takes place. The very beginning of the game is like the very start of kind of this outbreak that happens that turns people not they're not they're not called zombies. They're called clickers, not zombies, clickers that turns people into clickers uh, and just like shits off the rails. There's like government lockdowns in place. There's like the martial law is set in. If any of this sounds familiar to 2020, I don't, I don't know where you could possibly be drawing those comparisons to. But the, the very beginning starts out in this kind of a setup. And then um, something very important happens. And then you like, we skip ahead. A, how long do we skip ahead? A year? Six months? We skip ahead a little a, a amount of time um, to where we really start to dig into who the main characters are and what's going to happen here. And um, the 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 story of the first game of The Last of Us is you play as a main character. His name is Joel. And your job is to transport this young girl. Her name is Ellie, um, essentially across the country. Um, I'm not going to tell you why you have to do this thing, but you have to do this thing. And from A to B, from one coast to the other is bad guys, both of the human form and the clicker form, uh, lots of drama and trials and tribulations of how you get from one place to the next. And it is just really, again, it's just like this really intimate, really small story. Um, and, the the relationship between Joel and Ellie and Joel and the other characters and Ellie and the other characters really grows over time over the course that you're playing this game. And it really, what's 
what I think is the most remarkable thing about this game is that it really asks very hard questions of you, the player and of the audience. Um, towards the end of the game, there's like a very kind of controversial thing that happens and the it's up to the you, the player to decide whether or not that was a good decision or a bad decision. And like the studio Naughty Dog has been very hands off in this regard. They're like, we want you to decide, uh, which I think is great because like they're they're telling their story and they've put forth their opinion, but they're not going to tell you if you're wrong. You know, you you're you you can have your own opinion about what happens. Um, it's just so good. And like it was one, one of those things that actually took me a long time to play because I do not like anything remotely scary. And so this is a game where like a lot of it takes place at night and there's zombies, sorry, clickers, um, and there's dark corners and flashlights. And it's like very much not a me game. And it's something I had to play like during the day with all the lights on and the windows open. But it is so good. Like, I was able to, you know, get 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 over that part of myself that didn't like these games um, to play through it because like I knew I knew that I had to like I felt like I owed it to this game of how good I knew it was going to be um, and how much I already enjoyed Donnie Dog's other games that I would be I would be seriously missing out that if I if I just like didn't ever play The Last of Us and to its credit, I mean, it is fantastic. Uh, and I'm very much looking to the sequel, which I think is like 10 years later. Uh, and so like, I really, I can't wait. I need to know what happened in these 10 years of these, in these characters lives and like where we're going to go next. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's definitely a great game. I really do like it. I, I lean into zombie games really hard. I love a lot of different series when it comes to like a zombie franchise. I've played almost every Resident Evil game. I love them very much they're kind of similar in what you said where you have to play them you know with the lights on and the windows open because (laughs) resident evil has done a great job of jump scare in their video games i have played almost all of the dead rising games i love them there's no real there is a plot but really you're just trying to fuck shit up in that game and i like that i i love the plants versus zombies series i've always thought that it was really cute and really fun to play but of all of the clicker games that I've ever played, I think Left 4 Dead 2 is probably my favorite. It's such a really clever nod to brilliant zombie movies and zombie pop culture where they've lifted little pieces of things out of these things and created video games around them. And it's one of my favorite like first-person shooter games. I've not played a lot of them i don't really like them very much it's not something that i'm into like most gamers are but i love walking through rooms with just hordes of zombies and just you're just firing your gun at them and just mowing them down and it, for me it's a really relaxing thing which probably says a lot about me but <laughs> i i do enjoy it it's it's enough of a creepy franchise to give you the the scaries, but not enough to like keep you up at night the way that Resident Evil does. The next game on my list is Marvel's Spider-Man from 2018, uh, developed by Insomniac Games. Um, this is this is a, an exceptional video game. 
Uh, I've always loved Spider-Man as a character. I have seen all of the movies for better or worse uh, of the, the re- you know, that have been out since the, since the Tobey Maguire movies. Um, and it's like, there's unlimited potential for what you can do with a Spider-Man video game. And this game from 2018, it, it just like hits all of the, it, it checks all the boxes. The, what was, what was really interesting. So like Insomniac Games, a studio that developed this, their previous game was a game called Sunset Overdrive, which is like this crazy cartoony shooter with like lots of crazy fast movement. Um, and it, people liked it. I am not one of those people. Like I tried to pick up this game. I was like, this is not for me, but they took, they took like everything, everything they learned from making that game and put it into Spider-Man. And like, instead of this crazy cartoony movement, you are swinging around the city on webs, swinging on New York city on webs. Um, the, as fun as the game is to play, it is also an exceptional Spider-Man story. And it's something that like, it's very emotional. It like, it hits, it hits you hard in its moments. Um, it warms your heart in other moments and it is really an exceptional story. And it's one of those things where like, we are, we are definitely in this like golden age of video games where you have these amazing storytellers working alongside these amazing developers to put these two things together of, of story and gameplay um, that will be a common theme on the rest of this list here. Spider-Man is just spectacular. It, uh, no pun intended, they, there is a, there is undoubtedly a sequel in the works, although um, everyone has been pretty mum uh, about it, but I just can't wait. Like that, it, it's so good. And that like the feeling of swinging around New York City is so amazing in this game. And it's uh, ironically right now, one of the only things you can do to get around New York City right now is to play Spider-Man. That's true. It's very true. Um, I think my next game on my list kind of follows that theme where it's exceptional to look at. The storytelling is really good. Um, It leaves you hanging just enough that you want to keep pushing through. And that is Bioshock Infinite. I love this entire series, but not as much as I love this specific game. It has everything that I love in a video game. It's dark and creepy. There's a cult. Um, I'm really into steampunk, so there was a lot of that in it. Um, it is a shooter game, but not in an annoying way. Like, you don't have to like have the precision of like a sniper elite game. And I love the fact that it had a nice twist ending that I did not see coming. That it plays off all of the weird beliefs that humans had in, you know, the the olden days when the slightest thing, like, the, per- the I mean, the best example I have is like when people would sneeze and you would say type because people literally thought the devil was inside you pushing air out of you. Like, it, it plays off of those weird superstitions and talks a lot about getting back to a, a better time in life, even though it may not necessarily have been a better time. It's it's a good game. It's a smart game. And that whole series is worth playing. Absolutely. The um, uh, the main character that you play in that game, Booker, it, the voice actor is Troy Baker, who is also the voice actor of the main character of The Last of Us. Huh. Tying those two things together. The next game on my list is Portal 2. 
Uh, this came out in 2011, developed by Valve, famous for the Half-Life franchise and many other things, um, including the first Portal. Obviously, Portal 2 is a sequel. Um, did you ever did you ever play either of the Portal games? I think I've played both Portal and Half-Life. I don't think I've ever really taken them in on a hardcore level. I think I've played them at a glance. So what's really interesting about Portal is it's essentially less like a big physics experiment where the idea is that like you have this gun that creates holes and walls as, as portals. So like you shoot, you shoot it in one direction and it creates a portal and then you shoot it in another direction and it creates like the exit. So imagine like you're creating an entrance and an exit via this portal gun that you have. And the entire game is essentially just a giant physics puzzle, which I think is incredibly fascinating because like it's, what so many games are, but you just don't know it. Like we were just talking about Spider-Man when you're swinging around New York, you, there are parts of that game where like you have to fight bad guys while swinging around. And so like, you have to figure out, Oh, I need to swing over here and then punch this guy here. And then I got to come back this way. Like it's all a big puzzle, but like, you're not, you don't know, it's tricking you into solving the puzzle. Whereas portal two is like, fuck you. This is a puzzle. And it's like very, it's very puzzle forward, if I can say it that way. And the second game, again, just builds off of so much of what was great about the first game, about creating really interesting puzzles that are about physics in this world. And like the world of Portal 2 is, again, really fascinating, where you're like trying to escape this building and there's like these robots and there's like this whole thing. I'm probably describing the world as it's I'm probably doing it poorly. Um but it's just really great. And again, the way in which you finish this game is by using physics and you have to figure out the best way to get from A to B to C to D while using physics and using portals. And like, even if you are not into video games, um, I highly recommend just looking up some video of this game and just like some of the cool stuff that you have to do and are forced to think about. And like, I don't, again, I far be it for me to say that people got interested in physics because of portal. I'm interested in physics because of portal. Like it's just really cool. And the the concept is just really great. Yeah. That sounds interesting. The puzzle making reminds me a lot of a game, not on my list, but a game I grew up playing mist like mm. where like it was just in your face. Like, no, fuck you. If you don't figure out the answer to this puzzle, you're not moving forward. You are stuck right here until you solve for X. And I, th I find that interesting. So the next one on my list has nothing to do with puzzles whatsoever. And it's a game <laughs> called Super Tech Mobile. And okay. this was on the NES. I loved this game. It was, I don't think it had all of the NFL teams, but it was just this 8-bit football game. And you literally had like four plays, which was two passing plays, two running plays, and the key to winning this game was to just to grab my favorite player of all time, Bo Jackson, and just run all over the field. He was unstoppable. You literally, I mean, on an 80-yard run, you would run 645 yards because you were just running up and down from sideline to sideline, just dodging these little pixelated guys that just wanted to break your hip. Yes, pun intended. And... They couldn't catch Bo. Bo was just like, ah, oh, ooh, ah. But the ah was like, bloop, or whatever noise it made at the <laughs> time because we're old and 
video games didn't have a lot of detail when we grew up. But I loved this game. I played, when I was a kid, I probably played 7,247,000 hours of, of Tech Mobile. What's great is that if you search, as I did, just search for tech, Super Tech Mobile, the first result is a Bo, a Bo Jackson video. Him in the and it end just says zone Bono's with the touch crazy Tecmo Super Bowl run. Yep. It's just like, um, yeah, this is this is definitely a game of its time. Again, really obviously before the Madden franchise, before 3D graphics and before, you know, video games are what they are. But like, this is definitely where sports games and football games in particular got their start. Um, with Super Tech Bowl and some others, just a, such a, such a fun time. I definitely challenge anybody that's younger than us that thinks that today's video games are hard to go back and play games like Spy Hunter and tell me that you can beat that game. I'm 40 years old. I'm 39. I've never beaten Spy Hunter in my entire life. I've played it a million times. I've never beaten it. Without the code, I've never beaten Contra. Metroid is impossible to beat. These NES games, they were set up in a way that they were just so unbearably hard. And that's the and, and that is what a lot of people love about them in 2020. They they're like, you know, that's that that challenge and that nostalgia for that kind of difficulty and that kind of just like punishing uh punishing difficulty is definitely a draw. That's good. It it, it taught me it didn't teach me patience, but I like to pretend like that's where I learned my patience. It taught me anger. That's what it taught me. Yeah. And then you you channeled that anger into Bo Jackson in Super Tech Mobile. And not dying of dysentery. That's true. I mean, that would be terrible. That's a terrible fate regardless, but especially so on the Oregon Trail. Yes. Okay. I think we're going to wrap up this episode here. This will conclude part one of our favorite video games of all time discussion. Uh, we should be able to wrap this up in a part two, but you never know with the two of us uh, and how long winded we tend to be, uh, especially about video games and other things that we're passionate about. So stay tuned for that one. If you have enjoyed this show, please leave us a nice rating or review on Apple podcasts and or follow on Spotify, Google podcasts, or iHeartRadio, wherever you happen to listen. Those things would really help us out. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash untitledjoshcast to support the show at any level that you're comfortable with. This show is written and hosted by me, Josh Gershman, and Josh Hammond. It is edited by me, and it is produced by Rylan James. The podcast's intro music is Gemini by Alki, and the outro music is Cautious by Emma Rosa. Both appear on the Untitled Joshcast with permission from the artists. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Untitled Joshcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Ooh, I got to be cautious.